All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Young Black Suburban. We have a very special episode for you today. Uh, we're coming to you from the historic Muhammad Ali boxing camp in Deer Lake, Pennsylvania. Uh, I just want to start this show by saying it's such a privilege. Not only am I uh, here on the grounds of Muhammad Ali's boxing camp, uh, being able to do a podcast, they actually let us inside of one of their cabins where fighters used to stay. Uh, so this is a very special uh, episode today. You guys know this guy next to me. He's always trying to, he, he schedules his own podcast with me. <laughs> he, he schedules his own time. Tim Witherspoon yeah. Sr., my father. You can get uh, me anytime. How you doing? Everything good. Yeah. So you yeah. want to explain a little bit of about why we're here today? What? Oh, why we here today? Yeah. I was. Like, I, well, I was. I was. I came oh, in. You got invited. That's what it was. Yeah, I got invited. Yeah. Um, uh, um, I got invited by. Um, I forgot his name. John Scully. Oh, uh, no, John. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. John Skill. John Scully. I'm kind of nervous. I got invited by. Yeah, I was kind of nervous. Uh, I got invited by him, but this was like a couple of months ago. Um, I forgot about it, and then he reminded me. We um, we talked about it. Right. Um, I actually slept in this very right, area right, we're right, in, right. and the one before. But yeah. um, I felt that uh, you know anything had to do with Muhammad Ali's camp and everything that I'm gonna be a part of. So right. um, I didn't know you were gonna do a podcast until yesterday. Right. Yeah. So um, um, and John John had called us. Called me before and said, "Yo, are you gonna be there?" I said, "Yeah." And then somebody yeah. else called me uh, and said, "Are you coming up?" And then so we got our cars together mm -hmm. and and just came up. Right. Well, yeah. it's no secret that you know you were a sparring partner from Muhammad Ali, and uh, you know we seen you on ESPN. Everybody calls me up. Oh, I saw your dad when they were uh, filming up in Deer Lake, and 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 they show clips of that. A lot of people don't really know uh, the magic and everything that happened here. Uh, do you remember some of the things that uh, went on at the camp when you were here? Yeah, um, I'm really privileged and I really feel great about even being a part of this, being in a great uh, situation and uh, being a part of Muhammad Ali and just things that you never dream of. Here I am, I'm in Philadelphia, I was playing football um, and, you know, in the neighborhood, just trying to do good things. Um, um, I started boxing and I wound it up here and I'm still scratching myself, you know, and now we're doing an interview. Yeah. You know, I actually slept in this cabin and there's several other, other areas in here. I slept in two other places, but now years later, I'm doing a podcast with my son. Um, I became every champion of the world and I'm doing a podcast. So I'm really grateful. Um, and I think it's a privilege. Mm -hmm. It's a privilege that, you know, just to be sitting here speaking to you, you know, interviewing me here in yeah. this building. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you have some, uh, you know, memories? Memories. Of, yeah, of Muhammad Ali and, you know, well, when you were um, training? Yeah, well, he would get up in the morning. He would get up in the morning and uh, run sometimes before we get up and run. So we would get up and run, but Ali would get up like five o'clock and four thirty and run and stuff like that. But Aaron, he know he know a little bit more. He'd been coming around, but um, we didn't catch him running. I caught him running one time, and uh, we ran with him. But but other than that, you know, in chopping wood, I caught him one time. We used to chop wood, um, but we would catch him in the gym, but right. not early in the morning. For some reason, he had secrets. You might get different stories from other people. Right. 
Yeah, so, you know. You know, you were a sparring partner, so what you're telling me is you wouldn't see him until it was time for you guys to box each other? Oh, no, we would see him in breakfast. Okay. And then he would... No, but you didn't see him actually training, though, until it was time for you to spar him. Yeah, I wouldn't see him do all the extra stuff like chopping wood and and whatever uh, things he did before that. Mm -hmm. I would just see him in the... um, in the, in the gym. Right, yeah. right, right. Nice. Um, so we don't have time to talk to just you all day. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad. It's okay. That, yeah, it was great. You know, you're the first uh, person on the show today. Oh, thank uh, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you have anything else that you would like to share uh, with the community, people that are watching about, you know, uh, even it doesn't even have to be about this, but about yeah. life or anything? Well, um, really, don't give up for all the people. I don't care who you are, what nationality, whatever, who kind of people you are, because you never know where you wind up. Mm-hmm. That's what happened to me. Uh, like I told you before, I was playing football. And the area that I was born and raised in was really uh, a bad place. Um, Philadelphia, South Philly. Um, and for the message to anybody, I don't care, kids, anybody, don't never give up. Whatever it is, because you never know where you wind up. And this is what I did. And now I'm, I'm happy. Um, I never, I, you know, I never figured I would be heavyweight champion of the world. And here I am today, two times, the real Rocky from Philly, South Philly. <laughs> I was born and raised from the 10 minutes from there. And then I became the two time heavyweight champion of the world. So um, I know you got have other people to do, but. Uh, Finish up. Uh, okay. So, so um, there's a lot of things that I'm really proud of myself. Uh, you know, and I know a lot of other, I wanted to make, I wanted other people to be proud of me. That's what gave me energy. My mom, I wanted my mom, the grandmom, I wanted her to be proud of me. I wanted to be people, people to look up to me. So that's what gave me the motivation. So people would smile and say, hey, Tim, Tim really uh, did a good job. He's a nice guy, Mangy. He's a nice guy and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So, and you're a really nice guy too. I try. Yeah. <laughs> so that's mainly what pushed me, uh, trying to, Trying to, um, to you know, to, to receive the the greatness from the people that looked up to me, that 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 know that I was trying to to be do positive things. I wound up being heavyweight champion of the world. I'm still like this, you know. So thank you for having okay. me on the show. Thanks for being okay. on. Okay. Again. <laughs> okay. Can you come up there. All right, Tim. All right, so. We have another special guest. Well, we have a, a room full of legends here. Uh, but this guest is somebody who is very special to the camp, very special to boxing. Somebody who has been on my show before when we were on Fox Sports. Uh, I've been on his podcast as well. Legendary trainer Aaron Snowwell. Uh, hey, man. It's great, man. Thank you for having me. You know, uh, like like Tim say, it, it may shock you and amaze you to see uh, you sitting here, me talking to you. And I remember when you were born yeah. and to see you big up and have a fight career, now have a radio show. But congratulations, thank you, man. Thank You're you. doing I it and have it. the I only gym I like you have in Philadelphia. Yeah. It, it takes uh, commitment Yes. Uh, in, in many ways yeah. in, in turn. I appreciate it. But we about, we want to talk about you. 
All right, yeah, but it's about, about you because no. the journey with your father and everything, <laughs> it came here and you became part of that journey. Yeah. So oh, it's yeah, I guess I am a part of it. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's all, yeah. It's all around. You all used right. to fight too. Yeah. You can't never forget that. You yeah, used yeah, yeah. to fight. And, yeah. and that's an honor uh, with men, whoever climbs in in them ropes and, and they fight. And, and yeah, congratulations yeah. on your career. It. I appreciate it. Yeah. So you, though, you're from this town. This is where you're from. Oh, I don't know if you're from here, but yeah, you, I'm from this area. You're from this area. Yeah. How was it growing up around here? Well, it, it's great because this is a football area. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a sports area. Uh, in this county, you got Jim Thorpe. If you don't remember, uh, uh, know who Jim Thorpe was, Jim Thorpe was a, a great athlete. Uh, all time, you know, lacrosse, uh, baseball, football, uh, all of those things uh, mm -hmm. were in this area. In the birth of the NFL started in this county in this area um the Pottsville maroons was the first team in the nfl mm. and it all started in this area the uh, anthracite uh football league uh started in this area and that ended up being the nfl right and it goes back as far as when uh professional football players played college and there's a marker in downtown Pottsville when Pottsville lost to Notre Dame in the championship game and it was stolen from them. Mm. So, you know, there's a sports history in this area is, is uh, top yeah. of the line. Right. And you had a lot of great fighters come through here mm -hmm. uh, from uh, Jersey Joe Walcott. Uh, he came through here. Uh, Jack Dempsey. Right. Jack Dempsey came through here. Uh, this was way before Muhammad Ali's training camp. These mm -hmm. guys were up in this area because coal was king. Mm. And coal drew a lot of money. In this area, there's still people with old, old money, filthy rich uh, from the coal. Right, right, right. So in, in Pottsville, boxers used to come through uh, Pottsville um, so much. You know, back in those days, they have a fight. Uh, promoters come into town get people to raise money in a pot, uh, look for a return on your dollars. It, sometimes it would never happen. They keep the money and keep on going. Right. Or fighters come, they say this fighter was going to fight, that fighter was going to fight, and the fights never ended up happening. Mm. So what the mayor of Pottsville did in the 1900s, he formed a boxing commission. And that boxing commission, uh, as we know it, helped form the Pennsylvania Boxing Commission, as we know the Pennsylvania Boxing Commission of the day. So uh, this area has, ha has always had an intense history when it came uh, uh, to sports and boxing. Do you remember uh, the nostalgia of when Ali came to town? Uh, do you remember the day when you found out that Muhammad Ali was going to be training right here? Yeah, well, when, when he first came here, this is not the original site of Muhammad okay. Ali's training camp. Okay. This is the second site. But the guy who sold Ali this land, the first site was Bernie Pollock. He had a mink farm down by Deer Lake, which is right down the road. Mm -hmm. And at that mink farm, they bring a cabin and all that there. Uh, Bernie Pollock and Gene Kilroy. Yeah. You know, yes. uh, Gene Kilroy. Gene Kilroy is from this area, okay. too. Gene Kilroy's from Monnoy City. And Gene Kilroy uh, used to do, uh, he worked in the executive office of the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm -hmm. 
And during that time, that's how I, uh, I, he met him. But Bernie Pollock was a big mink guy. And he owned a uh, mink uh, business in Pottsville, in Reading, in, in, in Pottsville. Mm -hmm. So when Ali came, came around here um, with, with those guys, um, the rumor has it that, you know, uh, a friend of our family told us, Muhammad Ali's here, Muhammad Ali's here. We couldn't believe it. Mm -hmm. Muhammad Ali, so we came and met him where it was just a, a cabin at that time. And it's well noted, well documented in the newspapers from that time because Ali, uh, I have the articles and I'll share them with you. Ali had those uh, newspaper people interview my whole family. So when, when he came, uh, Ali, when we met him, he took us into this trailer. It was around about, around about this size, uh, maybe a little smaller. And we were all standing. He had a bed in there. And he walked out, got this briefcase, sat the briefcase on the table, and opened it up. It was all money in it. Briefcase full of money. True story. Mm. And uh, he left out the room and stayed for a long time. Yeah. Me and my brothers and sister, my sister Gail, my sister Rosie, uh, my brother Donnie, my sister uh, Darlene, Jennifer, and Jeffrey. We were all there. We we're all looking at each other. This is this this is crazy. Why is he gonna uh, leave his money? So he came back in the room. He started counting his money, and he put it back in in the, in the briefcase. And Ali counted it. He said, "You mean to tell me y'all niggas from the project and don't steal?" <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, Ali would get like that sometimes. And mm -hmm. so he said he wanted to meet our mother. Mm -hmm. So he came and drove up into the projects. As you know, Ali was a friend to the downtrodden and the poor and the ones kicked yeah. to the side and the one left out. This brother, man, was for the people. He was for the people, man, and he loved being with real people. Mm -hmm. So he came into our house. My mother is standing there. He said, go find the biggest house. I want to buy you this house. Yeah, I'll buy it for you, this and that. My mother said, look, my kids ain't did nothing um, for you to buy us no house. She said, you better keep that money because one day you're going to need it. And then, and then she told him, she said, the good Lord had took care of us up to today and the good Lord will take care of us, the rest of the and it's a true story. Mm. And, and from that point, Ali used to let us be a, a, around him. Now, you might see some of these images. Back then, I had a, a big afro, right? And um, a lot of these uh, uh, things, I was rapping with Muhammad Ali, and me and him, we were rapping before rapping was in. <laughs> so at times when we would come, you know, Ali was like a kid in a, a kid factory because a lot of people at that time really wasn't coming around. Got to remember in the early 70s, Ali was just coming out of exile. Huh? And when he built this training camp, he didn't have much money. And he built this camp on letters of credit with the construction guys. So the guys that built it after he fought, he paid all of them. But he was hurting, but he still promoted uh, his goodwill. And uh, so that, that's yeah. the early, early days. Yeah. That's, that, that's, how, that's how we met him. Right. And it ended up changing your life for the most part. 
um, the Aaron Snowell that we see today probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that, right? Yeah, it was not for, see, God joins people for purposes and reasons far beyond what we know. I agree. You know, right here, as your father would say, um, I got a picture in this camera with me and Tim in this cabin mm -hmm. uh, against one, one of the walls, Right. Uh, uh, your father. But our, our friendship, uh, me and your father, was uh, second to none. Mm -hmm. Uh, your father was, how can I say it? When it comes to talent, mm -hmm. he just didn't have ordinary talent. Your father had extraordinary talent. Mm -hmm. If you see when your father was far Muhammad Ali here in the uh, late 70s with Ali, your father only had maybe one or two amateur fights. Yeah. When your father first came up here, he didn't have that many yeah. uh, amateur fights with Saad Muhammad. Unheard of. Now, Snyder Avenue, there's a gym on Snyder Avenue. Yeah, yeah exactly. Huh? Yeah. The trainer over there? I don't... Yeah. The, the, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's who it was. Old Man Booker. Yeah. When I've Tim came up here, that's who Tim... Were, he was with him. We walked into the wow. gym with Clarence Booker. Now, your Uncle Anthony... No. Was, 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 I mean, he, could, he can fire... Right. I mean, Anthony could crack, snackle, and pop um, second to none. Yeah. But when your father came up here, he, he was uh, young with Tim Blue, uh, Safamine at the time, Big Jimmy Hayes, all, all them sparring with. Uh, I, I got a picture somewhere, all of us uh, um, uh, together. Right. With, with side. But your your father sparred inside. Your father could handle himself mm -hmm. uh, very uh, well in the ring because your father was an athlete, yeah, him yeah, yeah. being a, a football player. Exactly. But even Muhammad Ali seen and everybody seen, your father, when he was young, could put punches together for a heavyweight second to none. Mm -hmm. I mean, second to none. He could throw a punch. Uh, I remember Saad Muhammad saying, he only got how many fights? Man, because Tim would be busy on him, and 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 side couldn't right. he, the defense side had he couldn't handle what your father was throwing at him. You you talking about some some sights mm -hmm. in in the witness that and uh, those uh, uh, great champions that were here like that mm -hmm. when everybody was growing and everybody was learning uh, of the game. But you see the names on the rocks down down the camp. Most of them guys were here at the camp. Like, we're walking around talking to fighters. That's the way it was when Ali had. There was a lot of uh, uh, Ike Williams. Uh, he was out. Kit Gavilon. Uh, Kit Gavilon and Ali. Kit Gavilon was the referee up in Hazleton and Scranton. They did exhibitions for St. Pat's Church up there back then in the early 70s. And Kit Gavilon was the referee mm. <laughs> at St. Uh, Pat's Church. And uh, the priest up there gave uh, uh, Ali uh, awards. So his noble work, even around uh, this area, uh, uh, was great. Right, right, right. Yeah. Nice. So before we get into our next guest, I want you to spread your message to the world. Um, you've been all around it. Let us know a message from you, uh, you know, anything that you want to spread. Well, well, first of all, we have to get to learn to love one another. Mm -hmm. And once you get to learn to love one another at some point in some time, 
with love, it carries peace. Mm -hmm. And what Muhammad Ali taught me uh, as a cream of shahada that we took up here is that I bear witness that there's only one God but Allah and uh, Muhammad Rasulullah is the messenger of Allah. This is what Muhammad Ali taught us up here uh, when he was preaching and teaching. And that to be kind and to be gentle with people. And remember that we're all growing in life, trying to get to the final stage and hopefully that we can get to heaven. And we have to learn how to forgive because when you forgive, you have no more hurt. You can live on. And when you learn how to do that, great things come out of that. Mm -hmm. And look at us now. If it wasn't for Muhammad Ali, the great charity work and the kind words and things that he gave other people, he wasn't the perfect person by no means because he's human. Mm -hmm. But the goodwill that he spread to mankind, teaching the fundamental belief that there is a God and how to carry themselves in a right uh, personal way and to help other people, man. That's it. You can't, you can't do it by yourself. You got to love and help somebody. Yep. And that all comes to love. I agree. And it all comes to love. It's always a pleasure to be around you. We always share media presence yeah, together. Yeah. I enjoy yeah, thank you. On the next one, right? Yeah. yeah. That's it. Thank you, champ. Also, thank you, also, also, though, oh, before you get up, uh, unfortunately, uh, our great friend Diego, uh, you know, he passed. Um, I just want to pay respects to Diego Robinson. Diego the Bull was also a sparring partner here for Muhammad Ali. And, um, yeah, he, he, he was very, he was very, uh, a big part of my, my family. He, yeah, was, he was in close. my 16 pro fights. He was there, everyone that was in this country. Um, and he's actually an original sparring partner with my father, Riley, one of our friends. Rest in peace, Diego. Yeah, yeah rest in peace, Diego. Yeah. Me and your father had talked on the phone at, at the final stages of, of Diego's life. Right. We were, we were talking to him and, uh, the people that were close to him, me and your father. Uh, yeah, it's a tough one, yeah. Yeah, but he'll live on. Yeah, you know, there's, and, uh, there's a sign of God. Yeah. But in the last days, me and your father were like that talking mm -hmm. to him, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a blessing. Yeah. So he'll always live on through us, um, my children, you know, and we'll keep it going. Rest in peace. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you, bro. Coming on again. All right. All right. So sometimes in boxing, you know, uh, we get people that we didn't even know were fellow fighters. You bump into them, you meet them. And uh, today is one of those days. Uh, we have Randall. Crippen. 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 Yes, sir. Yeah. And uh, sorry for touching you. You might, you might want to spar, you know. <laughs> But you have your own story about Muhammad Lee's, Lee's camp, and you're here for a reason. Yeah, I come in. Um, John, the Iceman John Scully, right. puts on reunions all over America. And uh, Chris Cuglier, um puts them all together for him. He comes up with the idea. Chris puts them all together. And uh, they have them from Los Angeles to Atlantic City. And I 
went to my first one in 2014 and I'm trying not to miss another one. Right, right. So how do you feel about being here amongst other fighters and, and hearing all the stories? And This is incredible. Absolutely yeah. incredible. I mean, I was a fighter myself. Um, come up in uh, Murray Sutherland's uh, gym when I was an amateur, went to the Army, um, got on the USA team for a couple of years, uh, made it to the triple threat gym with uh, Ray Mercer, Al Cole, Charles Murray, Sparred way, way too many rounds with Al. And uh, Ray, I stumble over my words a lot because of it. <laughs> um, As we all do sometimes. But, but you come out to these things and the brotherhood of boxing is unreal. Right. I mean, I meet Nate Miller. I meet uh, Tim Witherspoon. I met him out in Atlantic City. And he's a, your dad is a phenomenal guy. Thank um, Just a great person. You I, ra know? I raised him well. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, you, you come out to these things, and the, the love and the brotherhood is incredible. Right, right. And um, you you had your own career. Is that true? I uh, fought for all. I was a better amateur than I was a pro, okay. but I, I got to fight on the Foreman Holyfield undercard. Yeah. Um, fought on uh, Bernard uh, when um, Charles Murray beat Bernard Gray for the USBA championship or something. I uh, mm -hmm. fought on that card. Um, There's... So is that, you know, some of your best memories? Oh, yeah. Memories? Great. yeah. Maybe um, when I was on the USA team was nice. I yeah. went to uh, the former Soviet Union, which was incredibly terrible. <laughs> um, went to Poland. Sweden was great for right. obvious reasons. Um, Denmark a few times. I won the Copenhagen Box Cup. Nice. I was the fifth American in history to win it back in 1989. Nice. In the 10 years we were sending the team there. Right, right, right. Um, which is bragging rights for me. Nobody cares about. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just these are. This is yeah. you see these people. You're interviewing them. Right. This is why I come out to these things. Right. Exactly. Just for the, the love and the, the fellowship and meet all kinds of great people. Yeah, I, I can see that you have a passion still. Uh, <laughs> what, no. Do you do any training or anything still? You uh, work out? I don't. You don't. Um, well, that's the next step. That's what we gotta do. Yeah, I gotta get yeah. Livonia Boxing Gym and. Uh, in Michigan, I might go to. I was going to start training some fighters there, but I'm moving to Florida, and I just met uh, the um, president of the Hall of Fame there. Can't think of his name for a minute. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a hard one. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, um, I met up with him at the Hall of Fame inductions just a couple months ago. Right. And he's a great guy. We're going to hook up together when I get down there. And, nice. Nice. Yeah. Cool. So, do you want to? tell the world any message about boxing. I know I can see that you have a passion oh, uh, for it. Do you have anything to spread? Um, the brotherhood of boxing is phenomenal. Um, it teaches you so many wonderful things, gives you confidence, um, makes you a serious athlete. For all those mothers that are scared to send their boys out to boxing, they might get beat up, it's worth it. All the things you learn is worth it. Um, that's true. Be good to each other. I don't know. Hey, that's it. Well, Rendell. I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on. Man. I appreciate it. Good, good, good.
So we have the famous <laughs> Nate Miller. I wouldn't say all and, that. Uh, you have some pretty big fights, though. I wouldn't say that. The 18th greatest cruiserweight of all time. Uh, the 18th. <laughs> <laughs> if you pull a box and sing, you got rated number 18. Yeah, that's nice. So what brings you to the camp today? Um, Scully and a few other people invited me to come through. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a good gesture for me to come and meet some old folks that I haven't seen in a long time. Right, right. Mr. Snowwell and others. Yeah. I'm going to tell them I said that. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. So, we mentioned that you had some big fights yourself, but do you remember back in the early days when you first started boxing? Sure do. Yeah. How did that come about? How did you become a fighter? Well, I um, was living in North Philly in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And, you know, met some people on my block and we was supposed to go somewhere. And, and I told the guy, all right, I'll walk with you. <clears throat> we walked maybe about five miles and I saw the Happy Hollow gym mm. and I saw these guys in there throwing punches. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna go in and introduce myself. And that's how it all started. Just because I saw people in there throwing punches and come to find out later, the, the guy that trained me, my coach, he was related we was related through marriage because somebody in his family married somebody in my family. But I didn't find that out until about maybe six years ago. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, everybody starts in the sport. You know, they don't necessarily how far they were going to go. Were you surprised to, you know, travel on the pro ranks and make it as far as you went? Oh, I wasn't really surprised. Because you believed in yourself, huh? Yeah, I already knew that. Yeah. I could hurt somebody and, and win a title. Right. But actually, I just got in the sport. Just to make money. Okay. And I come from a family of boxers. Me and Jeff Chandler. Okay. Me and Jeff Chandler's cousin, um, Harold Johnson, the late great former heavyweight champ. Mm -hmm. That's my cousin. Okay. I didn't find that out. And you're from Philly. So you started at Happy Hollow. Where did you primarily, is that where you primarily trained? That was the first gym and the last gym. Wow. Yeah, wow. So you train inside the city? Yes, sir. Yeah. I've been overseas a few times. Right, right, right. But you know how, like, we're at Muhammad Ali's boxing camp. Sometimes we go outside right. the city and train. You have some big camps like that? No, uh, absolutely not. Never? Almost. You fought Al Cole? I ain't going nowhere. Far. You stayed in Philly? Yeah. Around yeah. your family, around right. everybody? How, how did you maintain the discipline uh, to train and, and continue fighting with distractions in your face? Well, I, I learned how to overcome uh, distractions and stuff. I used to train when it would be 90 degrees outside and people not coming to the gym. I'd run when it's rain, cold, snow. i still get out and run. Mm-hmm. You had that um, desire. That desire. Tenacity. Yeah. Yeah, to get out and uh, do my nice, due diligence. Nice. What are some of your um, favorite moments of your career? Um, I guess winning two titles. Mm-hmm. The NABF title and the WBA title. Right, right. Uh, that was like, wow, a wow moment. Did you feel like you made it or did you feel like you had some uh, some more to prove? Well, when you win them titles, ain't nothing else to prove. <laughs> Yo, they say that it's harder to keep them, though. You know, you, if I, I, I'm not as lucky as you, but if I won the WBA title, I would be like, 
man, now I got this badge and somebody's gonna have to rip it out. Did you have that in your uh, mind? Well, I just took one fight at a time. Okay. I mean, you know, if I won, I won. If I didn't, then right. so good. Right. There's a lot of people that haven't seen you in a while um, and they see you here right now. What have you been up to? You're looking uh, kind of dapper, you know. You're looking like, yeah. I'm retired from the Philadelphia Housing Authority. I get a pension okay. for that. Nice. I do a little work for uh, people in the neighborhood. Um, I got somebody doing my book. I'm in a couple movies. Okay. Supposed to be a millionaire soon. Ha, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> nice, nice. I got nice. a lot going on right now. Yeah, um, nice. Do you have a message that you want to send everybody? Well, keep the faith. Believe in yourself. Uh, don't give up. Uh, be disciplined and stay around positive people and do positive things. That's it. That's all we can do. Thank you for sitting down with me, giving me some of your time. Uh, I appreciate it. Mr. Nate Miller. One, one last thing. Yes. And I'm uh, uh, Go ahead. Yeah. Um, prodigy from foster care. I'm come, come okay, from okay, two foster okay. cares. And I thought I did pretty good to be uh, um, who I am today. Right. Nice. I appreciate it, man. All right. So now we're sitting here with Billy O'Rourke. I was walking. Did we kick you out of the cabin? Is that what happened? Uh, in a nice way. In a nice way. <laughs> we we uh, he was in the cabin looking around, um, and we had to commandeer it so we could shoot the show. Um, but you were tell you were saying that you used to sleep in it. Yeah, I, my friend Mike, Mike Laskowski, brought me up, and we okay. were the only ones in there. Right, right, right. And uh, I said, uh, it's changed a little bit. I said, it's actually nicer. They've remodeled it so nice, but it's actually the same. There were a bunch of beds in there. I said, there was about four or five on this side and six or seven on that side. I was bed one right there. I was bed one, uh, row one, in cabin one. Right. And, uh, like I said, the, the, all these world-class fighters here, and it's so amazing and impressive, and I'm just just the regular dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I, uh, they, they treated me great. Muhammad Ali was just here. I guess it was just me and him in the kitchen, and uh, he just treated me so well. Right. He welcomed me. Your dad was here. He even beat me up nicely. Uh, About three times. Three he, times? Yeah, that stiff jab, that yeah. right hand. Wow. Where are you originally from? I'm from a small town. Uh, it's from uh, Kingston, Pennsylvania. Okay. Right. Uh, everyone goes. I, I fought out of Scranton, Pennsylvania. Okay. So people from my area tend to go. So I'm from Scranton. Okay. And I am from. I am. I'm a Kingston guy. Right. And that, well, how did you make your way to the camp? It was just amazing. Like I said, um, I heard about it through a friend, Kenny, and uh, I came up and uh, called auditioned. Uh, I believe it was your dad. Mm -hmm. He danced around and. Hit me with that stinging jab of his in the right hand, and I went a few rounds, and I, I was I was blessed with good cardio. I had a hard work technique, not a lot of talent. Right, you know? right, right, right. And uh, the boxing coacher said, uh, uh, "I don't think it's going to be a good fit." Right. You know, like I said, and I was uh, from from Kingston. Yeah, yeah. I was undefeated. I was four and zero. Okay. So it kind of like hurt me a little bit. One last fight for the end of the year for the gym, and they said uh, it was a fight in Orangeburg. Now. I didn't know Orangeburg and Deer Lake were right next to each other. Right, right, right. I mean, right. this is my manager. It was the last fight of the season in May. Came up, long story short, I fight Muhammad Hakeem. He was a top fighter. Okay. Figured it'd be my last fight. I'll just one and then play football, go to college, join the Marines, whatever I'm going to do. 
and uh, I got a nice win. Yeah. And the coach from here was it there. Ah. And he said, you're that guy that uh, auditioned for the fighter. And I was like, yeah. And I mean, and I, I was really a humble dude about it. And he was right, like, right, right. you can have a bed up there anytime you want. Mm. We just read you wrong. Some guys don't, you, you train a certain way, but when it comes time to fight, you can fight. Right, right, right. So uh, he said, when's that? And I said, June 11th. I get out of school, give or take a day. Mm-hmm. A lot of this, this is 42 years ago. Right, right, right. right? right. A lot of punches. <laughs> yeah, no. So, um, and I said, I'll be up on the 12th. I stayed from the 12th to the end of the, they offered me some things to stay. Mm-hmm. My parents weren't going for it. They were like, you're going to play college football or you're going to join the Marines. Right, right. So I came home and I promised not to do this, but it does make, I came up as an Eastern European fighter, very stiff. I fought like Frank. Right, 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 right. Your listeners may like to hear this. And I fought like the Eastern European guys. Yeah. Uh, your dad, Jeff Whaley, Floyd Patterson, all the people that they would play Rapper's Delight. Came really? out in 78. I was here in 80. And they had me dancing to hip. Yeah. Loosens you up, they got you. Man, they got me moving. Yeah. They got me moving. Got my feet out of the mud. I go home. It's easy to look, Billy O'Rourke, and I don't want to overshadow this, but they go, you're undefeated. We have a young kid named Michael, mm-hmm. not, not, not Michael Jackson. <laughs> and we have a young guy named Michael that um, would like to fight you. You're 4-0. He's 5-0. Who came down to custom auto, came up to me and said, Billy, I like you a lot. Michael's a killer. He's going to be champion of the world. Yeah. My next fight was Mike Tyson. Mm. And it was just... A lot of stitches, but I got through it. Yeah, yeah. I got through it. Yeah, it was wow. a split decision, you know. And so this was the pros, or, or but this was in the amateurs. amateurs. Okay, I fought Mike, and then Mike, I believe, fought Joe, Cor- Joe Cortez right after that. Okay, I could be off on some of this stuff to win the Junior Olympics. He won that twice. Right, 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 right. So it was, I said, it was his fourth fight, my fifth fight. But if I wasn't here. And learned all that, all those moves yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff. Never would I would have just been one of the thirty-second wonders. Right, right, just right, right. Just, just knocked in my head off. Yeah, but you know, you say you're from a small town, Kingston. Yeah, population you know, like fourteen thousand. Fourteen thousand. But me being from Philadelphia, we know that there's a big boxing presence out this area. Without, without um, a doubt. Yeah. So. Can you explain a little bit why? How does boxing make its way here? Like I said, if you go back just two generations, and you go back, almost everybody's grandfather here had. Uh, we were coal miners. We're in the coal mining industry, right? So they just have a tough. Like I said, like when you get people, like I said, from Eastern Europe, they just have a really tough genetic DNA. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could try as hard as you are, but you can't change your genetics, right? Right. right. Like I said, what you have to work with, and I just really think it's that. Uh, uh, it wasn't. I don't like to use the word poor because I feel like no one's poor in America to, to a point. But even then, like it was just a hardworking town. Yeah, yeah. And then, like I said, it just went down generation to generation. And there were some really good local fighters here. Right, right. And they was very loyal. There's right. a lot of loyalty here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, if you look at some of the houses, a lot of double blocks, triple blocks, families, coal miner homes mm-hmm. and stuff, and they just supported their local fighters. Right, right, right. Yeah. And they still do. I have fighters that, excuse me, come from. Philadelphia because they're throwing shows, amateur shows here all the time. Yeah, and like um, I said, and, and, and they go over very well. I, I, my last fight was in the Clarence House, and the, the headline fight was Matthew Saad Muhammad, mm. right? It was Matthew, he fought Eric Winbush. Mm. And I fought at the Clarence, and the guy was like, who's Bill O'Rourke? I was like, well, you, you sold 50 tickets, and you're, you're from another state. Like, 
I never asked anybody. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They just would follow me. Wow. They would do a newspaper article on it. And uh, I, I did. I like the attention. I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to. But, but it wasn't that. It really, you know, it really wasn't that big of a deal. I truly love the one-on-one competition. Mm-hmm. A lot you of know, people do. I transitioned from wrestling, which I loved. And then the fact that you could throw punches, mm-hmm. you know, I just, like I said, this place turned me from an average fighter at best to above average. Right. These world champions you have, I'm not even in their, 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 their groupings. Yeah, but you still brush shoulders. You learn from them. And that, that's the thing about, the I mean, you're talking about messages and stuff. Yeah. And it's just, once you get to the point where you're not trying to, you're in competition with yourself, mm-hmm. and you can't learn from people that are, that are trying to give you a gift and advice. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's boxing, how to live your life, invest your money, whatever you're doing. You're kind of a little bit lost. Right. You need to back up because these people are trying to help you. And like I said, that's like that's my message. Mm-hmm. Is like I said, I mean, take the, uh, the older people's advice they've learned through trial and error. That's what I do now. Exactly. Me too. Yeah. Yep. Well, Billy, thanks for coming on. It was nice meeting you. The only the last point I want to make yeah, is yeah, before, before this started, right? Mm-hmm. And like I said, is I came up as the 16 year old kid to mm-hmm. the champion of the world. Your dad's WBC, WBA champion of the world, which is unheard of now. You, yeah. Now you have IB, all these different brands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your dad, like I said, I'm nobody. A 16-year-old kid from nowhere. He took it easy on me on sparring. He made me better. He was always kind to me. Mm-hmm. And it was before all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He just did it because that's in, that's in his right, DNA. Right, right, right. And I appreciate him and I appreciate yeah. you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Nice words. Billy O'Rourke. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so now we have a Pennsylvania legend. I think you were Pennsylvania State champ. Well, well I won. I won the Philadelphia Golden Gloves. Right. And, uh, uh, I won the USBA title in Pennsylvania. Right. That counts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I won the USBA. I got rated number one contender coming out of champs with uh, Bowie Fisher, Leon Tabs, the White Triplet. Uh, you know, Bernard was up there. Will right. Taylor, Jeff Gant, Ivan Robinson. Uh, uh, Keon Abed, he was up there with us. Curtis Parker. Uh, I mean, they're so Eric yeah. Hunter. I'm talking about, you know, all them guys from Philly, man. We came up, you know what I'm saying, uh, to, to buy us flowers. That's oh, easy man, Tibbs, see, yeah. you know what I mean? So That's easy to Tibbs. <laughs> he, he dropping everybody else's name but his. We got Mike Stewart on the show. <laughs> I appreciate you. Um, Mike. Talk to me. We're we going to talk boxing, but I, I, I follow you on social media. You're very active on social media. So, you know, the thing is, like, I boxed all them years in Philly, and I met all them guys. And, and coming up, I, I got in all these different unions and affiliated with these unions. So I try to get all the guys that I can, like, you know, that, that I came up with uh, in the union. I okay. tried to get them all over there. I brought a lot of guys over to Roofers Local 30. Right, right. Went to Sam State and at 332 to Labor's down. Right. down I was there. Temp and Wallace. Yeah, yeah. You know I, what I'm saying? I, I, you did, know, I did about a month. I did oh, did you? Days. Yeah. <laughs> well, your pop was in the, yeah, yeah, your pop was he, in he uh, 413 was though, wasn't he? I was a broom pusher. Where, yeah, 332. Where, well, you got to remember something. Sam State and uh, Bowie Fisher worked down there. Right, right, right. And, right. and a whole bunch of other fighters. Tex Cobb. Tex Cobb, was, right, he, yeah, he was in 413. Right. But out of Chester, but uh, uh, Bowie was in there. He, you know, they they had they have a day down there for him every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus a whole bunch of other guys was in there. Uh, Latif Mundy, yeah, yeah Latif's yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 what's his, what's the other kid's name? Uh, 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 
the uh, Randy Hennett and them train. Uh, they, well, they trained my cousin Chaz. Oh, but, Chaz, uh, oh, yeah. Are you talking about uh, Tion Kennedy? No, t- not Tion. Tion's pop was in the roofers yeah. with me. I think he retired. So you're, you're a roofer. I'm in local 30 now, but I'm saying 332. Uh, the. What's his name, man? He's on my Facebook, but I'm, I'm, I'm catching a brain for it. Uh, uh, Wade Hennett trains him. I don't know. I don't know. Is, uh, is, is he pro? Yeah, he, he can fight. He's real slick kid. You know, Wade and if Wade and them, Wade yeah, Hennett and them are trading him. His time. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. He's going to be a slick dude because right, all right. them dudes that like Tion, Wade trade Tion. Yeah. You know, he was slick. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Where did but, you train at? Champs. Champs. 25th and Cumberland. Yeah, so Uptown. You, yeah. <laughs> well, hey, I trained down Bussers, too, down right, West right, Philly, right, right, down right. Shulers. Yeah, that's where I trained out a lot. Oh, you trained down there now? No, no, I did oh, when I did? was fighting, yeah. That's why I know Tobias Flowers, uh, Najee Turpin. Oh, Turpin. Yeah, yeah, Najee yeah. was my boy. And man. then uh, your boy Yusuf Mack. <laughs> hey, listen, listen. Let me, let me change the subject real quick. Yo. My homie Frank Walker down the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as Nitty's down there, I'm okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so what, why are you up here? You same reason everybody else? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, they told me to come up, but uh, Joe Mathis, a guy that used to train me as an amateur, he was supposed to be here, but he didn't come. But he said that Timmy, he told me a whole bunch of other guys was coming. So, mm-hmm. you know, I said, look. I haven't been up to this this training camp in a long time. I think I think back in '97 I came up here mm. for a short time, and then we went up to Scranton. Uh, uh, I see Travis Kaufman here. See his pop. His oh, pop. that's Travis right yeah, there. Yeah, that's Travis. You can't, I can't you tell. Look, you can't well, see him. Yeah, 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 right? Look, look. Yeah. You, you look a little small. Yeah. Yeah, you look a little small. That's the first time I've seen Travis in a long time. Today. Right, right, you know right, I mean? right. I, you know, I was doing the, I was doing the, uh, the roof on the uh, 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 Reading High School. And back in back in 95, I fought up there as an amateur. I fought as an amateur up there in 95, too. Yeah, we were on the yeah, we were on the same – we probably fought on the same court. Right, 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 you know right. what I'm saying? So, you know, look, like boxing opened yeah. up a lot of doors for, for me, right, and especially with these unions. So all these guys that I box with, uh, uh, if they're still living, I try to get them – I try to get them there. Like Bobby Dance just came home. He got killed. Right. Uh, I got Jeff – I just got Jeff Gant in, but he went back to Graterford. Damn. Or he might be up Dallas now. I don't know, but – uh, 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 I got uh, what's his name, Dayton Willard. I got him, I got him in the Roopers Union, but he went back to his training thing. Right, right, right. right. Uh, I tried to get Rasheen Brown in. You know, Rasheen, that's my guy. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, but I think he went back to the medical thing because a lot of guys, a lot of guys, you know, the construction, the roofing industry, and the labor industry isn't uh, uh, for a lot of guys. You know what I'm saying? And you, listen, you know, look. So the roofers. And the laborers, they always had fighters come yeah, out of them, like Stevie Traits. The old man, he had his own boxing team. Even the ones that don't, they have their own yeah, promotions. They, got, they got their own promotions. <laughs> so, so Timmy, you know what I'm saying? I, I mean, look, uh, uh, I'm 10 toes up, man. Right. Every morning it. I wake up, I'm 10 toes up. And that's you know, that, that's the way I think. I think, and, and look, uh, uh, to, to see your pop up here, how, how's your uncles doing? Uh, well, my uncle Salim had a stroke. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, he's still, he's all right. He's with his mom and everything. Yeah, yeah. What about Anthony? Anthony, he's still around, you know, but they're not in the boxing game anymore. You know, he, he, uh, Anthony, uh, fought a business agent at our, at our hall. 
You mean like for an exhibition? No, like, pro. Oh like, yeah, Anthony, hold on. No, I know my uncle. Yeah, he was, he was like sixteen and zero or thirteen and zero at one point. Uh, Anthony Anthony Weatherspoon. Right? He, he, Google live on, yeah, <laughs> live on the podcast. Go on <laughs> Google right on the podcast. Look, but I'm saying yeah. Anthony yeah. Weatherspoon. Look, I'll show you. Uh, There's a couple of them, huh? You got to put boxer in there. Boxer. There you go. Boxer. Right? Look, he fought. Yeah. He he knocked. We're on box rec right now look, on the podcast. This is him. That's, that's yeah. Anthony there. Yeah. How's he doing? He's all right. Man. Look, he's, hold he's on. He's still around. He fought Jimmy yeah. Brown right here. Jimmy yeah. Brown. He, he's a business yeah, he agent there. Huh? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and Jimmy could fight, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But Aunt, you know, Aunt, uh, I haven't seen him in a long time. I'm glad to, I ain't seen your one uncle either, man. Uh, used to be down to fights all the time. Maybe my uncle Bernard. The 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 little ones, little dudes. Yeah, 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 that was yeah, my yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. man. How's he doing? He's all right too. He's driving he? trucks and everything. Oh, is he? Yeah, but he yeah. used to have guys down the Blue Horizon all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I used to see him down there, man. So for the people that don't know you from boxing, though. Let's tell. Well, what was one of your biggest moments as a fighter? Well, I mean, look, I mean, I got rated number one in the world mm-hmm. after I, I won the USBA. I got beat by Sean Bay Mitchell for the IBF title and Ricky Hatton. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess the biggest thing was when I got to go on the contender and fight. Uh, 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 when the first, I had the only knockout with season two, and I thought that you right. know what I'm saying. So, you know what? Uh, Sixty fights later, man, I'm still sixty fights. Yeah, I'm oh, still man. ten toes up. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, you know, look, uh, so I'm working I'm working with uh Nooney Mim's son. Okay. Uh, uh if anybody was over greater for Dallas, Camp Hill, wherever, you know what I'm saying? Uh he, he was the one that ruled it. Right, okay. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm working with his son Alameen. Okay. He got his own little construction company now, so you know what I mean? It's it's good to be working with him. Right. Uh uh you know, and 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 I only got a I only got a few more years left. I'll be forty five this year, man. You sound like you need a nonprofit because you you you're passionate about helping these guys. Yeah, I mean, after I, they're done, I, that that's what I wanted. My thing is, I want to get these guys in a union job. Unions are scarce anymore, right? You know what I'm saying? We're we're nine point seven percent of the labor workforce nationwide. Some states a little more, like Philadelphia, you've got a bigger union concentration. New York City's the highest state with 22. See, people don't know anything about pensions and stuff like that, right. man. And, especially and, fighters. And, <laughs> especially fighters. No, no. Because, you know, fighters. And, and look, Travis can tell you, you get these big money uh, fights. He's coming and, on next. He's yeah, you, you get these big money fights and you say, forget about it. Right. I got to go out here and find a scully, man. Yeah. Hey, hey, listen. Mike, Tim, you need me. You know yeah, where I'm yeah, at. Yeah, I appreciate man. it, man. You, did, you know where I'm yeah. at. Wait a minute, though. You didn't even tell the people your message, man. Oh, man, man look, man, the message man. Hey, the message is no, get a job. Huh? No, the message is get a good paying job. Good paying job. And, huh? and stay away from getting in any trouble. Stay 10 toes up. That's, That's what it, it is. 10 toes. You know what I mean? That's right. We got... Another legend from the area, Travis Coffin. We had his son, Kamani, which I've never met another Kamani. That's my daughter's name. Beautiful name. Beautiful son. How you been, it. man? You know, um, my brother Naza used to say, holding on both hands. Oh, that's it, right? Holding on both hands. That's all I can do. Um, I retired from the game. Uh, yeah, I lost my love for a long time ago. Okay. kept fighting because, you know, the money's good. I got a family to provide for. Almost at the time, I was a single father. Right, 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 right. Which is unheard of, being at the level I was at right number four in the world, but still being a single father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was hard. And, uh, Similarities to my father, actually. Yeah, he was a single uh, well, father. Yeah, that's awesome. So man. I kind of can relate. He, 
you might be able to piggyback off of what I'm about to say. Later in his career, he was taking money just to feed us. I mean, taking fights just to feed us. He, he would go over Denmark or, you know, somewhere. Yeah. And uh, his passion wasn't there, but he was still. Yeah, you know, I get it. I mean, I've known your pops for years. I remember the first time you put, I fought out in England as an amateur. I ran and won the country as an amateur. And I fought out in England over your pops came out to support. And here's with some other guy. I can't think of the guy's name. Mm-hmm. But yeah, me and your pop go way back, man. Yeah, so. What are some of your biggest uh, memories of your career? Pro and amateur? Any, anything. Um, as an amateur, I mean, as an amateur, it was just it was just something I was good at. never really truly loved it. Mm-hmm. Just when I had a relationship with my father, so I right, just kept right, doing right, it. Right. just kept doing it because he was a single father. Okay. And uh, wanted his approval. So out of all his kids, three boys, I'm the one that boxed. Mm. So I seen the excitement he got, and I wasn't getting my ass whipped for doing. I don't know if I cursed or lied. No, go ahead. Yeah, no, no. We this is what podcasts are for. Be the, be the first one to curse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I curse. So, anyways, um, you know, I was used to getting my ass whipped for doing dumb shit, um, stealing bikes, and getting locked up in juvie. And then when I started boxing, I just loved the attention that gave my father. Our relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my other brothers kind of have a. a a little envious of me and my father. Mm-hmm. Our relationship is based only on. I mean, now it's better, thank God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's based only on box. I'm sure. Did you ever? You yeah, boxed a little bit, right? I had Sixteen yeah. pro fights. Yeah. So, yeah. um, you know how that is. If yeah, I, know, I don't I know, know if your father trained you though. See, yeah, my father he trained me. He managed me. Same exact thing. It was tough. Same so, exact thing. You know, I just wanted his approval, and as a pro, then at this time I'm eight. I'm t- I turned pro at twenty. I'm number one in the country as an amateur. And, you know, just kept doing it. But I got off subject. Said, <laughs> I just I'm, asked you what, what was one of your biggest moments. I mean, you I, said you. So, amateur, you, I think the amateur was being that I pushed when I truly want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, that right, that right, was an accomplishment right, to me. Right, that's right. hard. I mean, I pretty much did it my whole career. I just did yeah. it because I, I had a love for fighting. But mm-hmm. I think that's my biggest accomplishment, being able to do it, being a single father. Right. While doing it mm-hmm. and pushing yourself on something you didn't want to do, especially as a younger kid, you know right? I mean? And you know, the heavyweights though is not something that you're like, oh, I'm just going to go in there and just do it because they hit hard. Yeah, you know? I mean, <laughs> not so- only that, you know, I had too much pride just going there and taking L. Right, right. Like right. I've been, I've been retired for two years, but um, I was signed without Hammond, mm-hmm. and like six months ago, I had a, a offer to fight again. You know, big money. Right, I, was, right. I thought about it. I started training. I was like, man, screw this. Yeah, I can't yeah, do yeah. this no more. I don't love it. Like, I'm not willing to die for something I don't love. Right, right. right. And uh, I don't love it in an aspect. I still love the watch. I'm a fan of the sport. And your dad is a And my dad's one of the biggest promoters on the East Coast. You know, so yeah. I'm involved in it. But since I retired, I've truly just been away from it. Like, I always, only watch it on TV. I don't go to the gym. Yeah. So that was the biggest reason why I came up here is because... I want to get back in the mix because this is where I felt alive at. You know what right, I'm saying? right. So, Did you ever come up here and train? Oh, actually, I was the last fighter to rent this out. Actually, oh, yeah. since Ali had it, there's only been two fighters to rent it out. Kermit Cintron okay. and me. Right. Um, Both I, from the area. Yeah, yeah. So we, I ran mine. I think Kermit ran his out. In well, not the area, but they're from We're, yeah, we're 45 yeah, minutes yeah. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm the last fighter to rent it out. It was in 2008, 2009 when I was getting ready for my Showtime fight. Okay. Fought twice on Showtime. I think I fought uh, Maliki Farrell and Tony Brown. Was after, this is after my first fall, before my first loss. Mm-hmm. So I was 18 and up here. And I fought Tony Brown on Showtime. I lost because I was in camp for like five months. Bro. Yeah, was, you can't do that. You I was, bro, I had abs for the first time in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Did you <laughs> Did oh, you ever run up the, the big hill? Yeah, the Red Church Hill? Yeah. yeah, you ran not, up. Not the one I, this, this is BS. There's one about... 
a mile up that way. Really? Called Red, Red Church Lane or something like that. Right. It's a half mile uphill, but the hill's like this, it's like you're crawling. Right, right. No right. joke. I used to do that every day. I was driving up here with my girl and uh, my son. I was like, man, I miss running these hills. She goes, yeah, you couldn't even walk those hills right now. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and I couldn't. Yeah. But there's some there's great some hills out there. Yeah, there's some good training, man. You yeah, know, I'm sure yeah. you had some memories you made of your own. Up here, yeah, I man. think the biggest thing was I felt alive. I felt like I walk, I'm on the presence of greatness. Right. Yeah. Made you, I've, been, I've been in training camps all over the world. Um, Big Bear, England, Germany, you know, all over California. And this was the best I've ever felt. Right. Cool. So what are you doing with yourself now? Work. I work for my city. I've heard Mike Stewart talking about pension being in the union. Right, right, right. I've been working for my city for the last four or five months. Okay. So I'm not in the union yet. In another month, I'll be in the union. Nice. So I'm on a probation period. Right, right. And uh, so I'm working for my city. I've been doing that. I don't love the shift I'm working, second shift, because I don't get to see my kids and my family. Right. But um, it's a job. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. most fighters, after we're done, we, we don't know what to do. That right. happened to me for two years. For two years, I did nothing. I was lost. Right. I was lost. I don't know how to do Pressure sitting in, I gotta do something. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's a blessing that I met people over the years that was able to get me into the city. Right. And that's know? nice, man. Do you have a message that you want to spread out to the world on the Young Black Suburban podcast? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I want everybody to just keep striving for whatever it is you want to do. You know what I'm saying? Um, don't let nobody stop you. I mean, keep, keep grinding. All right. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, baby. It's nice meeting you. you know, I, I, I'm sure we bumped. We bumped in heads and shoulders yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. Like you, 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 man. Right, you're too famous for me. That's what you <laughs> All right, guys, we're still here at the legendary Muhammad Ali training camp in Deer Lake with legends. I mean, we've been here all day talking to Mike Stewart, Nate Miller, my dad, legendary trainer Aaron Snowwell. Now I have one of the biggest stars in boxing that I have ever met. <laughs> Iran, the Blade Barkley. How you doing, Mr. Barkley? I'm doing fine. Yeah. Great. I'm doing real great, man. It's, it's an honor to be here and uh, see this. Right. I appreciate you even sitting down and talking to me. Um, Ali's camp is a place where a lot of, you know, former fighters came and they spent a whole bunch of their time getting ready for fights and things. Uh, I don't believe that you had a camp here, but do you remember your days having training camps and, and getting in shape? I, I remember my days of, of getting in shape. Most of my, 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 my days of getting in shape was out in, like, Las Vegas. Okay. Or, you know, something like that. But um, if I would have seen something like this <laughs> and knowing about it, you know, I'd have been here. Right, right. <laughs> you know, I'd have did my training right here. Right. You know, so that that's 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 a blessing in disguise, you know. Yeah. So yeah. How, what brings you here today anyway? Well, what brings me here today, I wanted to I wanted to really like focus on the camp mm-hmm. and and come up with my man. You know, he he, he brought me up with um some people and we're going to do some things, you know, possible, you know, we're going to do something. And, and get up there and just get people start, you know, letting them know. Right, right. It's good. It's right. good to be here. Now, it's not every day. Here we go. We got you a Fighter's Heaven shirt right here. Yeah, Fighter's Listen. Heaven shirt. <laughs> yeah. Brother, here you oh, go. Thank you, brother. From, from Mick and his All right. Mike there. Madden. All right. Welcome to the family, bro. I appreciate it. Nice. All right. You know. So, Dare Lake... 
a lot of a lot of people don't know that the camp is owned by Mike Madden, who happens to be John Madden's son, I believe. Mm. Um, so we're just it's a whole bunch of magic here. Right. <laughs> it's a whole right. bunch of magic. Now it's not every day that I get to ask somebody uh, that's a world, actually more than other people. I do get to ask world champions how they <laughs> <laughs> how they got there, but. How was your journey in fighting? How was it being uh, from, you know, amateurs to when you finally made it? Um, What what are your thoughts on that time span from being when you started boxing to the end? Well, I mean, the funny thing about it is I didn't like to fight. Really? You know, I was was the guy that I was just humble, but guys like, you know, fight me, push me and stuff like that. And I used to go get my sister. She was a better fighter than me. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, yeah. that happens a lot. Yeah. I went and got my sister, and she was she was older than me. She was, she She's the youngest of the girls. I'm the youngest of the boys. Okay. So I said, well, I said, I know she can fight. So I said, let me uh, go there and get her. I got her. But she tricked me. She made me fight this guy. And she said, you either fight him or I'm going to fight you. I said, well, I know what you could do, so I'm going to beat him. <laughs> you know, so I took a, you know, took a chance with the guy, and I beat him up. And right. then the history was there. She took me to the gym and said, you see what you could do? Now now you learn this, you'll be all right. Right. And you from New York? I'm from New York, yeah. South Bronx. South Bronx. Yeah. It must have been rough back then. Oh, it was rough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so you had rough. to fight. Oh, you had to fight, or you get shot, or you get stabbed, or you get jumped. Right. And going into the boxing gym, do you remember your first day going into the gym in the Bronx? Oh, man. I, I, I remember the first day going into the gym at um, 125th Street and 5th Avenue. It was a gym upstairs that my sister found that had a trainer named Connie Bryant. Okay. And uh, he became my trainer. And uh, he started working with me and everything and my sister. And my sister would go to the gym every day. Just to make sure I would show up. You right, know what I'm right, saying? right, right, so, right. So I, I got beat up by my sister. I got beat up by the fellas in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I took this woman for a long time and I said, you know something? I'm tired of this, man. Right. I said, till I catch up to somebody, I, I started to catch up to my sister a little bit. She said, yeah, now you're catching up now, you know. And then I started beating guys up. She said, now nah, look what you're doing. You right. know what I'm saying? Before you couldn't do this. Yeah. So. And then, you know, it comes a time in somebody's life where they become a prize fighter, where it starts to be about money and you have to have a professional career. You transition from doing it just, you know, because somebody made you go to the gym. Now you're doing it because this is going to be the way that you're making a living. And and, and that that was the thing. You know, I was trying to find my my spot in the world. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? I said, so instead of running out there, you know, looking at guys that I knew, Selling drugs and 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 and, and badness. So I said, let me turn this around. I, mm-hmm. I'll just take a chance in this fight game. Right. And uh, it turned out that it worked out for me. Mm-hmm. You know, from my mouth to God's ears, he flipped it around. Boom. Right. <laughs> right. Right. That often happens. You know. That's it. A lot of uh, boxers are from from like my father included, uh, poor areas and. You know, yeah. and not just in this country, you know, you got people 
yeah. all around the world that choose boxing because it's their way out. Yeah, um, they, 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 you know, they look at it as as a, a way out. I looked at it for me, it was a way out, mm-hmm. but it also gave me the respect and the, um, the chance to help somebody else mm-hmm. come along and and say, hey, you know, I could be a fighter just like him and right. and do some things. Mm-hmm. So that's what I, I basically was concentrating on. Mm, being a role model too yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it, you know. Yeah. What was the height of your career, do you think, for you? When when I when I got to fight Roberto Duran and Tommy Hearns, mm. I mean, that that was the height that I felt that um, you know, um that this will be the ones I said now yeah. I'm in the class with Sugar Ray Leonard and, right, and Tommy. Right. Can, so, how many people can you sit next to across from that say that the highlight of their career was fighting Tommy Hearns and Roberto Duran? Yeah. And and you know Hall of Famers and and, and I, I don't even this is the hardest interview for me ever <laughs> because you know you 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 see these people you know the four kings you study that and things and and, and you were right there with them oh and, and and training in Vegas which I think is a crazy that, idea that, that <laughs> was a good thing you know yeah. what I'm saying I mean that's that's what I'm saying as a as a as a young kid coming up. I mean, I, I can remember when I was like 15 years old, mm-hmm. I used to look at Ray Leonard and Tommy Hearns and, and Marvin Hagler and these guys, and I said, man, I'm going to be on this this package here. I got to get on this, you know? Right. I said, I'm going to work hard and I'm going to try. I said, if, if I don't be in that package, I'm going to be next to them. You know <laughs> right, right, right. So, you know, it's just God willing, man, I came next and I was up there with them, you right, know what I'm saying? Right, right, But, you know, these guys was like, they didn't want to fight me. They was like, after I was coming up, they was like, oh, they's, let's keep fighting each other because mm-hmm. they're getting all the money. Money, right, <laughs> yeah. right, right. You know, so you, you felt know. a little closed out. Yeah, I was closed out. I yeah. felt closed out, but I said, you know, that's all right. But they all, you know, got out short. I think I got, you know, I got one of, I got two of the guys. Right, right, you know, right. I right. got two of the guys and made a little bit of money. Right, but, right. But I, it was good, you know. Yeah. But you know that 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 was a good break for me. Mm-hmm. Do you have any moments that you know you wish that you could do over when it came to your career? You know, I I don't I don't regret anything that I did as far as in my career. Now, something I. I only thing I could say I, I I really really regret, but then I, I I even managed to shake that off. It was like saving my money. Mm-hmm. I was always buying somebody something mm-hmm. in my family or, or or helping this one with this, and that's what I thought the money was for. You right, know? right. And um, people that get sick and I was the guy they called. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then when it was no more to give, everybody went. Phew. You know? Yeah, yeah. So I said, eh, it was a lesson to learn. It was a hard lesson to <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. So yeah, yeah. you know, this what you what you did with it. Yeah. I had I had a lot of I had a lot of fun and I am still blessed and I thank God that I'm still alive to do right, a right. little more. I see you all around, you know, you popping up in events at New York, yeah. you know, a lot of New York. I see you here and there, Hall of Fame dinners and stuff. Yeah. Is that what you're doing with yourself now? Yeah, just you know, making appearances, up, making and, appearance, yeah. you know. And I mean, I've been doing that all my life, right. you know. 
when other people had somebody to, to, to do that for them, mm -hmm. I had, I'm doing this myself. Right. Know? Just showing up. Yep. Just yeah. showing up and popping up. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to keep you too long. We all want to get back to the festivities. But oh, no problem. at the end of my interviews, when I'm talking to people, I usually mm -hmm. let them freestyle and say whatever they want to say to our viewers, give them a message, rather it be about boxing, positivity, anything in the world. Um, this is your chance to speak. Well, my chance is like, you know, I mean, I can do it like in Don King's voice. <laughs> yeah. Only in America. <laughs> Only in America, that's it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It's the greatest country in the world, and uh, that's that's the truth, you know? I mean, if you if you get past what you got to get past, you know, you you can make it, you know? You can make it. I mean, it's hard, but you 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 you'll get there you right. know what i'm saying you, I, I stayed on the path of my dreams i stayed on the path i mean i made some money i lost money mm -hmm. i gave money away and it, it, it's not about the money no. but it, yeah. it's the people i helped right right i felt good about yeah and you got the same story as a lot of other fighters you know yeah. <laughs> I, I sit down with them and, and that's what i hear a lot but what happens with fighters usually is when you're done dealing with all the business and all the people that are in your face, you kind of have this calmness over you, this kind of acceptance yeah. of life. I've never been on your level. I have 16 professional fights. But still, when I was done fighting, I just felt like oh, the pressure is off of me now. Yeah. And, and, and now I can be happy and, and share my yeah. happiness with other people. Yeah. You get a little bit of that? I get a little bit of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But... But it, it's, it's good that they they know, and it's and it's great, you know. I mean, in spite of everything, you know, you money come and go, mm -hmm. but you could always have energy with people. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And and you know, you just live the best of your life now. And you have fun. You That's know. Right. I mean, I I've done some things. I'm still here. I've seen the world for free. Just my two hands got me yeah, there. You know it wasn't free. Nah, it, it wasn't, wasn't free. <laughs> but I'm saying, you know, just my two hands yeah, got yeah, me there. Exactly. You know, got me to places that I would never thought I would be. You right, know what right, I'm saying? Right. So I said, hey, that's good. You know, how many people could say they travel to Rome and and and, and Brazil and meeting kings and queens? Right, <laughs> you right. Know what exactly, I'm saying? Exactly. So, you know, hey. Yeah. You know, you got to be proud. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. All right, Mr. Barkley, I appreciate I you. I appreciate it, too. I ran the blade Barkley, guys. All right. We have the reason why everyone is here today. <laughs> and I'm glad because we've been friends on social media for years long now, time, yeah, a long yeah. time. Sometimes you message me, ask me, you know, where's my dad or yeah, <laughs> certain yeah, questions. Yeah. And uh, this is the first time we're actually meeting in person. Yes, uh, we have the Ice Man, John Skelly, on. <laughs> so the whole reason why we're here is to get former fighters together and right. to enjoy the camp, right? Is that, is, right, right. Can, can you tell me a little bit more about why we're here today? Well, it, it originated uh, years ago. Years ago, I was always a guy, when I was in the amateurs in the 80s, mm -hmm. I would meet a guy, you know, fought him or whatever, and I would keep in touch. Mm -hmm. I have letters 
from the A, I would write guys, keep in touch. So then years later, somebody go, oh man, I wonder whatever happened to this guy. Oh man, I talked to me, I said, he's doing good. So I would connect people, I would give them phone numbers and right, addresses. Right, right. And then, believe it or not, Emmanuel Stewart, I, was at, I, was, I fought one of his fighters. And after the fight, in the ring, he said to me, he said, you know, he goes, I talked to a lot of people and everybody that knows me knows you. And they always tell me that you said to tell me hello. Yeah, right, right, so there's a connection there. And yeah. I said, man, you know, if I, I have all these numbers in my phone book. I said, if I could utilize it, use it for something. So I, uh, I had an event one time I said, and I invited a bunch of guys. I said, hey, we're getting together. If you want to hang out, uh, so-and-so is going to be there. Mm-hmm. A guy you fought 10 years ago is going to be there. And a ton of people showed up. A ton of people showed up. And they loved it. It was just crazy. So I did it again. I did it again. Then it snowballed. And guys would call me. Hey, man, when are you going to do an event? And, you know, this guy is living... Chicago, in right, California. Right, right. So I said, man, we could, we could turn this into something really special and get mm-hmm. these guys. Because I see, like, I'll give you an example. 1977, Lawrence Claybay, who was on the 1996 Olympic team, he fought at a, at a club in Hartford called the um, uh, Mark Anthony's. Mm-hmm. They used to have fights in a restaurant. And he fought a kid. They weighed 75 pounds. A kid named Luis Ortiz. They fought each other as little kids. Nobody knew that. And I knew both of them for mm-hmm. years. And Clavey ended up being super heavy. Right, 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 Lewis right. never went above 119. But everybody knew both of these guys. But not even they knew that they fought each other. And I was looking online. I did a research on the Hartford Current Archives. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I looked up the results. 1977, they're 11, 12 years old. They fought each other. Lewis actually beat Clavey. Mm. So I asked Clavey. And I asked both of them. I said, did you ever fight at Mark Anthony? He's like, oh, yeah. I said, who'd you fight? Ah, no idea. I said, would you believe you beat Lawrence Claybay? Yeah. So I did in a reunion. I invited both of them. Right. And I told everybody the story. And I said, and here they are. That little guy right there <laughs> beat that monster. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was 38 years wow. after they fought. They yeah. met. So that kind of all encompasses what this is all right. about. Right. And I see you doing that a lot on social media. You know, yeah, you're yeah. here... Asking if somebody knows this person in this right, city, right, right. you're traveling here, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have a passion after your own career to stick with boxing, and where, where does that come from? Um, well, you know, when I was younger, guys would retire, guys I knew that were in my city, they were big name fighters, right? Mm-hmm. And I never see him again. Mm-hmm. I said, man, like this guy's been boxing his whole life, and, and all of a sudden his career's over, and He's gone. He doesn't go to the gym. I said, why, why, how could you love something so much and you never even go to the gym? The gym's five minutes from your house. It never, you know, it never occurred to me that that would be a thing. So from the, my last fight, I was in the gym Monday and right, I was, right. never left. Never left. You know, yeah. Right, I, mean, right. I don't understand how people retire and then stop completely. Right. Then, you know, it's kind of weird to me. But, yeah. You know. I couldn't stop. Yeah, I went right into training people yeah, yeah, by for myself. Sure, for sure. I have that kind of passion. Yes, um, another thing, though, about the social media thing, because you don't just use it for boxing. <laughs> you don't. Yeah. You have well, things like band list well, and well. Well, let me say this. Okay, I'm, I'm 17, 17 days into a thirty day stretch. Oh, you're on. Yeah. You're in jail. Oh, you're in Facebook jail. I've been. You know, it's crazy. I don't know what's political or whatever, but they. Uh, I've been. He said, "I don't know what. I don't know what's going on, but I've been uh, kicked off of Facebook four times in the last man. year. It's crazy. Yeah, man. It's crazy. You know, and I was like, I can say it on your show. Yeah, I said. <laughs> Go ahead. I said. The people who are burning down the food processing plants mm-hmm. should be shot on sight. 
Oh, well, apparently, uh, okay. apparently Mark Zuckerberg is hey, on their side because I'm in a, I'm in a bid right now. I'm in a bid right now. So, but you know, it's funny. Like I go wait sometimes. A minute, hold on, wait, I don't know. Cut the cameras. Yeah. You might, you might be in trouble. I'm not scared of Mark. But you know what? You know what's funny is like on the internet, and I'll admit, I, I do a lot of stuff on purpose. Like I'll, yeah. I have certain people who are so sensitive to certain subjects that I'll, it'll be like 11 a.m. and I'll mm. go, man, he'll see it. I'll type out something like, you know I'll be like, you know what I think? And I'll write something out. And I just shut the computer. I go, I leave. I come back like four hours later and there's 280 comments. Yeah, and yeah, people yeah. Are like, I'm, if I ever in your city, I'm going to stab you. Oh, my with a pencil. You know, like, yeah, yeah. People go crazy. They're so sensitive. It's so it's fun. I, I like it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> but some, I, like, I like watching but, it But too. let me tell you, sometimes I, get, I actually get information. Right. Like I had a one time I had a... Uh, I had a problem with a couch and there was a, a stain on the couch, right? And it was an unusual sub, I forget what it was, but I said, hey, does anybody have any idea? The guy was like, oh man, dude, put salt and blah, blah. Boom, five minutes later, cleaned up. Wow. So I don't yeah, need Google, yeah, yeah, I got yeah. Facebook. Got <laughs> That's it. So let's talk about your career and everything. How many fights did you have as uh, a pro, as a pro? 49. 49 pro yeah, fights. Yeah. Jesus. And uh, what were some of your highlights? Um, you know, I fought on TV like, uh, 14 times, maybe, some give or take. Um, fought Michael Nunn. Mm -hmm. uh, most people probably know me for that fight. Okay. Even though I lost the decision, it was probably, especially considering the level, it was my best fight. It was, you know, a lot of people thought I won. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I outpunched him in terms of number of punches. Right. My connect percentage was way higher. Right. Uh, but it was, you know, great experience. I fought for the world title. I fought in Germany a couple times. I, I sparred with... Roy Jones, James Tony, uh, some of the greats, Vinny Pazienza, right. uh, Henry Mosky, all kinds of guys. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, as an amateur, uh, I went to the Olympic trials in 1988. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been a great life. Um, sorry. <laughs> Pass me a noodle. <laughs> um, so you've been doing a lot of work, too. You know, I see you talking to... Uh, uh, fighters that are just up and coming now mm -hmm. and I see you giving a lot of advice yeah, yeah. are you training guys and, and uh, passing that part on yeah yeah, yeah. I train I've trained amateurs but I had national champions junior champions uh, I, I I helped train Arthur Betabayev the okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. unified light heavyweight right, champion right, right. right now um, he's fighting in England actually in October so we're getting ready to go over there um, but yeah I like to uh you know, you might have seen, like, sometimes I... Because I'm amazed how many young fighters don't know what's going on. Yeah, like yeah They have yeah. no idea. Like, I'm like, you know... I said, for example, I put up a status, and I said, listen, if you're a young boxer, and you have a manager, and you're giving him 33% of your purse, mm -hmm. but he's not paying you a weekly salary, he's not paying for your equipment, he's not paying for medicals, he's robbing you. Mm -hmm. he's, you know, and they're yeah. like, what? Like, what do you mean? I pay my manager 33%. I go, does he pay you a weekly salary? Does he pay your phone bill? Does he pay your license? He goes, no. I go, well, have a talk to him. Because right, he's right. robbing you. Yeah. And he's robbing you because you don't know anything. Right, right, and, right. and I'm amazed how many guys have no idea. You know, and it's uh, the business of boxing. That's why I've never become a manager or promoter. I wouldn't do that because nah, I'm yeah, not. Yeah. I don't want to mix with those kind of people. Mm -hmm. I don't like them. I, I, have, a, I have a guy on, on, on my Twitter He's 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 a matchmaker. He claims to be a you know a big time boxing guy. He's dirt. 
Street guys, dirt. <laughs> okay, and I'd love to name him. Yeah, and I will eventually. I have, yeah. I have a plan. <laughs> but uh, but he. Um, we're trying to get I'll views here. You know, we're trying to get views here. Listen, 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 <laughs> views. The guy calls me. I'm gonna tell you. Guy calls me. I had a fighter named Mike Oliver. Mm-hmm. This was back in 2011. He calls me. He says, "I got a fight for Mike Oliver with Juan Manuel Marquez in in England, and I, I mean in uh, Mexico." And I forget, I forget the dollar figure. Say, say it was fifty thousand, hypothetically, fifty thousand. I said, ah, Mike's not not ready. He's not in good shape yet. And I was on. I was real. I, mm-hmm. you know, okay, calls me back. Uh, how about you know, this much? And uh, mm. I said, well, man, where was that money? Yeah, I see where this is going. You know I mean? <laughs> Come back again. And so there was three offers, and I go, well, why didn't you give me that offer the first time? Like, where is that money? Like, and then I realized like that money's going in his pocket, you know. But then. It's a true story. This guy, I've known Mike Oliver since he was nine years old. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. He's he grew up in the projects. He's he'll never leave the project. That's where he's most comfortable. You know, it is what it is. That's where he lives. He loves it. Fine. No money. Doesn't have any money. You know, like as a kid. This guy tells me. I ask him. I go. You know, out of, I'm curious. Uh, out of that purse, how much do you get? Do you get anything out of that? He goes, well, and I know he's lying about the figure anyway. But he said, well, normally I would get 1000 but I tell you what I'll do. I'll tell them I need 2000 and I'll kick you back 1000 And then you keep a third of the money. And I'm going, yeah. Again, I was stunned. I was like, he's, he's telling me how to, I had to make sure, he, he's telling me how to rob this kid I've known who nine years old who has nothing. Right. And, I'm, and, and, and I was amazed to be honest with you, I was amazed that he thought I would do that. Yeah, like, I thought yeah. my reputation might be a little better. <laughs> like the fact that he thought I would do that yeah, yeah, yeah. is unbelievable to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at the phone, and uh, I said, "Well, let me check it out." You know, and then luckily, like two days later, Mike got an offer for a fight for fifteen thousand more than he was offered, so I didn't have to deal with him anyway. Right. But my problem is, and some people are going to be able to figure this out, which I don't care. You might, you might figure it out. But he's on Twitter mm-hmm. every day acting like he's the messiah of boxing. Hmm. Everybody loves him. He's a stand-up guy. No, you're not a stand-up guy. You're right, right. scum of the earth. Yeah. And you are just one of a million people in this game yeah. who don't even deserve to breathe air. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. They shouldn't. The things I've seen people do. There, I had a guy call me from Canada one time. Offering a fight to a friend of mine. And I was fighting at the time. I was just helping him out, getting him to fight. He tells me, all right, the fight's for like, you know, 10000 say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, same thing. He goes, but uh, tell your guy it's for 4000 and just keep the 6000 and then take a percentage of his four. Right. And I'm going, yes. <laughs> I said, who are you people? Like, yeah. who are-? And here's yeah. what I realized. This is the, 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 the whole nutshell of the whole thing. They do this every day. Yeah, it's not it's just, just with me doing. and my yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, they do this doing. on a much larger and, and scale. Was, they're doing it in five hundred thousand yeah. dollar fights. It's crazy. It's yeah. I was telling um, Mr. Barkley, like, yeah. the athlete is the one that feels probably the most relief after they have to stop dealing with those people. Yeah. You yeah. know, when, when it's over, a lot of people don't realize. You know, they see these boxers up there; they don't know. Yeah. What happened in that 60 days before the fight to right. make the fight happen? Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and not just that. People don't realize, like, like we're the only sport that allows that. Yeah. Like in baseball, basketball, you have yeah. a, you have a, an agent, you yeah, have a yeah. lawyer. 
you know who you have in a boxer? You got you and your friend going, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know, yeah, man. Yeah, that yeah, doesn't yeah. sound right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. And, you know, it's good. And I'll tell you another thing. Like, guys do this. And I'm like, I'm not a saint or anything. I'm just saying. Right. If, if you call, and, 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 and I don't do it as my business, right? So I'm a little different. But mm -hmm. say, and I didn't know this was actually happening. I never knew this till relatively recently. It didn't dawn on me. But guys will go for sparring. A lot of guys go for sparring. We bring guys in with better buy it. They get paid good mm -hmm. money yeah, yeah. to spar, right? Well, what I found out happens is the guys, and again, that guy does it. The guy I'm talking about he, on mm -hmm. Twitter, he does this. Like, Mask you I'll, off camera. I, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but here's what he'll do. He'll call you and go, hey, uh, I got sparring. You could spar with the champ for thousand a week oh man sounds good what you don't know is you're getting 1400 a week mm -hmm. and he's keeping, keeping the four, that yeah. other money every single week yeah so you stay for five weeks this guy's making a killer and that's just one fighter he's mm -hmm. doing that for 20 guys yeah. they're making money they're, that's why yeah, they, yeah. they don't want to lose their place yeah. and uh you know for me and again it's not my way of making money but if i've done this like if you call me and said hey i need sparring for uh you know jaron ennis mm -hmm. I would call my friend, hey man, they need sparring for Jaren You're gonna make five hundred a week. And that's it. I'm out of it. Yeah, I just yeah, made a yeah, phone just, call. It took yeah, me twenty seconds. Yeah, yeah. I'm not taking a nickel from a guy who's going getting blasted every single day by the champ. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I can make money off him. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not doing that. You yeah. know? You and if I did, and if I did as a business, I would say, you know what? Give me a, give me hundred fifty bucks mm -hmm. for my three minute phone call. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fair. But I'm not taking three hundred dollars a week. Yeah, and I forget about you. You know, and I'm not there with you. You're getting smashed every day. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing that. But many people have tried to uh, create unions and create that. It'll never. Uh, it'll never happen, it'll right? Never happen. I, I often tell people that it's like the Wild Wild West. Right. You know, when, when people we're ask me all the time, we got to get a union. I said, man. If we do that, boxing's gonna be done. Boxing will never survive. You know, and, and the fact is, is this: like, uh, it's it's a it's a it's a slippery slope. You gotta understand what I'm saying. Like, like opponents. We need opponents. You need. Yeah, you can't yeah, turn yeah. pro and everybody's good. Yeah. And everybody's, you know, because then you'll be no undefeated fighters. And the problem is that would be fine because I know guys that are twelve and eight. And they're vicious. Yeah. These guys can fight. You've yeah. seen them in Philadelphia. Yeah, you know. Definitely. There's guys in there that spar with champions. And you yeah. go, man, I don't know which one's better. The 12 and 8 guy mm -hmm. or the 32 exactly. and 0 guy. You know. But you got to realize they had to fight tougher opposition on the way up. You know, mm -hmm. you yeah, need yeah, exactly. people undefeated for people that don't know better. You need people on TV to go, wow, this guy's 30 and 0. Yeah. He must be really good. Let's watch him. Because if he was 17 and 12 and I tell you... Oh man, but he's really good. Ah, he's got twelve balls. Yeah, you know, yeah, people yeah. don't want to hear. Like if you know, uh, like a baseball play, baseball team. You know, they have sixty-two losses and they're in first place. Yeah, but yeah. in boxing, you lose once Boxing's and you suck. Yeah, Everybody yeah. in the internet thinks you're the <laughs> suck. Yeah, you know, yeah. so that's that's where we're we're living with those type of fans, their mentality, the business end of it. You know, you couldn't sell a guy. Like there was a guy years ago, uh, Lindsey Morgan, right? Lindsey Morgan was from, I don't know where he's from, to be honest with you, but he's a very good fighter. Mm -hmm. Lindsey Morgan's record at one time was 13 and 17. Mm. But I'm telling you, this guy was nasty. He right, could right. fight, but he fought. You look at his record, everybody he fought was world champion type yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. So he's not going to win these fights. He's mm -hmm. not going to win close fights. He's not supposed to win these fights. But if you fight him thinking you got an easy guy, well, you, yeah, got, yeah, you got another yeah. thing coming. You know, Definitely. some of the best guys I fought, as a pro, when I look back, when I look back on him, yeah. I go, man, like 
I had 49 pro fights. I fought Michael Nunn, Tony Thornton, Kevin Watts. I fought them all. The hardest punch I got hit by as a pro was by a guy 6 and 11. Mm. Never forget. Yeah. He was about this tall. <laughs> name was Tim Cooper. Six wins, mm. 11 losses. He hit me the hardest. Yeah. Because, so. like you said, some of those guys to the opposition were undefeated. Right. Like, yeah. they fought some. They, right. The well, person you know, that they fought is never lost. If you're, if you're fighting, you know, and you're, you're a 4 and 0. But everybody you fought was 0-9. Yeah. Then you get the other guy, and he's 2-2. Two and two, But the two guys he beat were undefeated. Yeah. And the two guys he lost to were 19-1. and one. He had, Now, to lose a split decision to a guy 19-1, and one, well, yeah. you know what I mean? So, yeah. so uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough game. Right, you right. Know? And, and so I understand the need for certain aspects of it. But robbing the fighters and pretending you're a nice guy, mm-hmm. then I don't see yeah. the need for that. I just... And I want, like, I want to call the guy. I really do. After the yeah. show, after no, the no, show. No, no, I'm going to eventually. I'm going to, I'll tell you. <laughs> I will show, eventually. Yeah. Trust me, it's going to be a big, big storm. Oh, yeah, it's coming? <laughs> oh, oh, I'm going to do it. I just have, I have to get some things situated it's first. It's like I'm waiting for the new season <laughs> yeah, yeah. of Stranger Things. But, but there's a lot of guys like that. A, and, and the fact is that why I don't get involved with the business of boxing, because the reality is you can't be in the business of boxing without dealing with that. And mm-hmm. they're going to tell you. It's like politicians, right? Mm-hmm. Another subject, just like on Facebook. We, we've, anyone who trusts politicians is complete fool. <laughs> Do you understand how much money? What my father asked, I remember when I was a kid, presidents made 100000 a year. Mm-hmm. And I was made of 100000 a year. Gerald Ford makes 100000 That's it? Even now, I think they only make three hundred. right? Something like that's why that. Trump yeah, said, yeah. I don't need it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So 100000 My father told me, why do you think a guy would spend all that money to get a job that only pays a hundred thousand a year, and you think, and I realize why because he's making millions. Yeah, I'm just, you know, yeah. guy walks in with a bag full of money and he goes, "Hey, man, pass that bill." Oh, all right, <laughs> bill passed, <laughs> right? And that's that's that's, <laughs> that's the one. And boxing is very similar yeah, to yeah. Pro professional boxing. So I don't want to be involved with that. Right, I don't, right. don't want to be in the. I don't want to be with those people. So well, with that being said, are you doing things outside the box and with yourself? Um, I mean, no, like I said, I help train you're, you're better bio. You're a humanitarian, I heard. Uh, Is that what you do? I help fight. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't get paid for it. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. But uh, I, I try to uh, raise money for fighters that are, that are in need. Mm-hmm. I help quite a few, but the main ones are people that uh, already know about Jeremy mm-hmm. Clellan. Richard mm-hmm. Cologne, Wilfred Benitez, you know, they're in bad, bad shape. Right, right, right. They need, and it's not just them, you know, their families. Like Wilfred's sister, Yvonne, mm-hmm. she's been taking care of him for like 20 years. Right. Like, like he's a baby. Right. And, you know, it's not like you can go, all right, Wilfred, I'm going to leave for four hours and go to a baseball game and I'll be back. Like, he cannot be left alone. Right. It'd be like leaving an infant alone. So, you know, I try to raise money, help them pay some bills, whatever, whatever it is, because boxing's not helping them. No. You know, not yeah. like they should, obviously. Uh, you know, so people, I'm amazed how many boxers, when I was a kid, I thought all the guys I saw on TV ended up great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They don't. Nah. It's crazy. Like, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's insane, really. If you see these guys, you meet them later on in life, and you're like, what? Mm-hmm. This guy was a three-time world champion, you know, and, and he has nothing. Right. You know, you know, and, and, you know, and why? Why? You know, because, you know, part of it is... You take a football player. Well, that's a kid who grew up in football. He grew up in structure, and everybody's knows who he is, and he's, he's got an agent, and he's got a manager. You know, 
guys, you can't take a kid from the hood and he turns pro. He's never had more than $100 in his pocket in his life. And now he's pro. Trust and me. Imagine a guy, imagine a 22-year-old kid and, and his contract says $4.5 million to yeah. fight on HBO. And he, you know, like when he, I guarantee you that, you know, and it's, they just, they don't know better because they've never been told. And, and I'll be honest, like when I was young, I might have done something similar because I didn't really, I wasn't paying attention. Right, but right, right. You're not, you're going to see very few people who would go, all right, like here's, I'll give you an example. And I think I'm rare. <laughs> like if I won the lottery tomorrow, mm. 80 million. Okay. The first thing I would do, the very first thing I would do, right out of the gate, I would buy the best health insurance policy available to humankind. Mm -hmm. And I would pay for that, have a, have, a, have a fund, and they can just take the money out. So that way my family's covered anything medically first, right out of the gate, right? Then I would take a large amount of money for everyone in the family and put it in an annuity for 20 years. So it's going to gain interest and whatever, whatever it is. So mm -hmm. no matter what happens between now and then, you're going to have something later on. That way, if I end up losing everything, you'll still have something. yeah, yeah. Well, now you got people, and the first thing they're doing is buying a plane, and they're buying a, you yeah, know, yeah. you know, air, air, Airbuds or whatever yeah. they're called, and, you know, yeah. you know, Dre Beats by Dre, you know, and they're, you know, they're buying stuff yeah. like, like uh, for the moment, yeah. you know, the point of to have all that money is to plan ahead, and people aren't being told oh, that boxers aren't told that we've seen like mike tyson buy tigers and right, you know evander right, right. holyfield bought a house with 17 bedrooms now i know you're a great guy you're in heavyweight champion world but are you insane yeah you bought a house with 17 bedrooms how many people are you moving in come on man like yeah. you know it's just it's just that's just vanity that's people yeah. going, oh, now, look, I, at, look at me yeah. look at my house. i see some of the young guys too they're yeah. showing up oh, with balenciaga right, jewelry right, 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 right. Here's 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 Ferrari. I don't even know what you just said. You don't even know what the, the clothing line is, right? I don't even know what but these are it's very expensive right. uh, but, things. But you like, know, oh. I would tell kids, listen, you can be showy for Instagram, whatever you got to do, but behind the scenes, yeah, take yeah. care of business. If you if you're if you have a if you're a rapper or a singer or a, you know a football player. And you sign a million dollar contract. Your mother's still living in the projects. Yeah, that ain't good. And you have a, a Rolex. That something is yeah. wrong with you. You're not putting your Something's money in the wrong right spot. with you yeah. and the people telling you how to live. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy stuff. Um, so not to keep you long. I said that to every guest. Yeah. Not to keep you long. Um, all right. Terrible one is leaving. <laughs> all right, see. So. Usually what I do is I give the guests a chance to, you know, speak their piece like you saw me do before. Mm -hmm. um, you've been speaking their piece. <laughs> but what's a, you know, what's a message that you want to spread out to the world besides uh, where to invest their money? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I would say that's probably my, my main thing right now, you know, with the boxing. And, but, but I guess with any endeavor that you happen to be in, you know, realize that where people are today isn't necessarily where they're going to be tomorrow if they don't make the right decisions today. You know, it's like money doesn't last. No. Like, yeah. I remember when I was young and, and I had a fight and it was something like $10,000, right? And I remember seeing it in my bank and seeing the $10,000. Man, I thought I was like set for life. Like, I was yeah. Like, I was like, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah, more yeah. money I've ever seen in my life. Right. And, you know, and, and then... 
my father's like, yeah, we'll add up the phone bill and the gas right, bill. Right, right, you know, right. The money's going to be gone in three months. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So people need to get on the case and wise, especially athletes, musicians, rappers, entertainers. Mm -hmm. You got to wise up and, and look at MC Hammer. Look at all these people. MC Hammer was doing infomercials. He made yeah, like yeah. a billion dollars and he was doing infomercials. He wasn't doing that because he wanted to be seen at three in the morning. You know, right, right, he, right. he wanted to make money because he needed money because he didn't know what he was doing. You know? mm -hmm. So people need to wise up. We gotta we gotta educate these young guys coming up so that we don't have to keep holding benefits and helping people right. older and later on. Yeah, definitely. So what I wanna say is thank you. All I had to do was mm -hmm. go in your inbox and say, Hey, can I shoot my podcast here? And it happened, made it easy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I get to meet my idols mm -hmm. in one place and it's all because you know you put together the event. I appreciate you. appreciate you. Thanks for coming Thank on the show. And I'll be, I'll be at the next one. All right. Yeah. That's good. Good, good. All right. That's a wrap for the day.